I'm telling you, folks, there, there's just so much going on in the world. Sweet, humble, loving hearts like that. But as believers, we need to, to build each other up. Yeah. Folks, whether you know it or not, I need you. Yes. I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in my prayers. Barbara and I need to know that, need you to know that we love you, we care for you. And our greatest desire is to just get his word in you. There's not one trouble, not one thing that I've ever heard about people needing prayer, needing healing, needing deliverance, whatever it may be. God has an answer. I said God has an answer. If you would, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul said some powerful words here. And I just want to share this with you this morning. And uh, we'll just see where this takes us. If if it's just to read read this, then that's fine too. Because how many of you know you can't add to what the Holy Ghost does. You, you just can't add to it. You know. Uh, I heard a guy say one time, he said, Pastor, when do we know that it's time to quit? When he, when he was preaching. And I, I, I thought and thought. And then I had another guy tell me, he said, and I was a young preacher, he, he, he said, Arnold, you don't have to preach everlasting to be everlasting. <laughs> I've heard some ministers preach 10 or 15 minutes and received more than I've heard somebody stand up and preach for 45 and 50 minutes and had no idea where he was going. <laughs> Amen. But I do know this, and we know this, there, there is trouble in the world. There's trouble, uh, trouble in our in our state, yeah. in our states, in our nation. Yeah. There, there's trouble in, in in the high seat of our government, in the White House. There's trouble. There's trouble in your house. Yeah. Maybe before you left this morning, there was, there was trouble that you had to deal with. Trouble on every side. And if we're not careful, it becomes a heart issue. Right here, it becomes a heart issue. Uh, I believe it was in the early 70s, a man by the name of Christian Bernard from Johannesburg, South Africa, performed the first open heart surgery. It was phenomenal. Nobody had ever done that before. He actually opened up the chest cavity of this man took out that old heart and put in a new one. But folks, we know for over 2,000 years, Jesus has been opening us up and replacing our hearts that once were troubled with this man called Jesus. Jesus. The Apostle Paul knew exactly what was going on here. He knew exactly what was happening. But look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me just begin in verse 1. 
It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Let's continue to go on. Folks, as a pastor for many years, I know what it is. It's easy sometimes, Lisa, to not go on. <laughs> yeah. It would be easy sometimes to just not go on. But, you know, we have something in here. Something happened to us when that heart transplant took place. There, there's something great and miraculous that happened in here. And his name is Jesus. Verse 2 says, but we have renounced. Everybody say renounced. In other words, when we renounce something, we are doing away with it. No more. No more. No more. <laughs> but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness. Kind of like some of the things we were talking about in Sunday school. Nor hand, listen, nor handling what? The word of God deceitfully. What a what a awful thing to be accused of. Leaders in our pulpits using the word deceitfully. In other words, not for the rightful good that it was intended, but to reap something even for themselves. Hallelujah. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice this morning, you are responsible for what goes up here. What you let in. What you let in. And you're just as responsible as what we let out. Mm. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) Can I have an amen in the house of God this morning? (laughs) Verse 3. But what? But if our gospel be hid... It's really telling me that there is circumstances and times when the gospel has been hidden. Not that it was ever God's will to hide his word from anyone. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Those that haven't been told about the good news. Because it's the good news and only the good news, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ can help a man or a woman. True gospel. If your gospel doesn't contain this man called Jesus, you're listening to a wrong and being deceitful or being deceived because it's not the real gospel. Trying to take my time because this is just, just so important. 
But if our gospel be hid, it is to hid to them who are lost. It's lost to those that haven't come to a point in their life to where they've had an opportunity to believe. See, everybody in here, we, we really didn't accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior until we found out there was a need. Yeah. Me. You. Yeah. Until you realized that you needed a Savior, you would have been one of these people, even though the gospel has been preached, but you remain lost. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the boldness of Jesus Christ who would boldly stand and say, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things through me. Oh, glory. Let's go on here. (laughs) Verse 4 says, in whom the God of this world, now we all know who that is. That's the adversary. That's the devil. How many of you know he doesn't care about you? No, he didn't bring you that good job. He didn't bring you the raise. He didn't bring you the family that he had. He didn't bring you the friends that you have. He didn't cause you to have a heart of humility. No, that was Jesus. The thief, the Bible says, comes to do one thing. Well, two things. He comes to what? Steal what joy you may have. He comes to steal what happiness you may have. He comes to steal what family unity you do have. He comes to what? He comes to steal that. He does not want you to be happy. He does not want your family to be in church with you. He does not want your children to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not want you to be faithful to the things of God. Why? Because he does not like us. Mm -mm. To whom the God of this world, what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now, if you don't believe that the, that the devil is after you, then you're blind. Because he is. Yeah. He's after you, everything you got, everything you owe, hold, everything you hold precious to you. Satan is after that. Yeah. He wants to destroy it. He wants to make it ugly. He wants no joy in your house. He wants no happiness in your house. He wants no unity in your house. All he wants to do is just disrupt everything and create hell in every family. Glory. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel. That's why he don't want you to sing. Because if you'll listen, if you'll look, if you'll receive the light of that glorious gospel will shine through to you. And then you can take a step and begin to be what? Victorious. Victorious. Hallelujah. I'm victorious. Amen. I got, a winning, I got on the winning side when I said yes to Jesus. Glory to God. I've been on the winning side ever since. I've never been on a losing team since then. I'm a winner because my man Jesus is the captain of my salvation. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Who is the image of God that should shine unto them? Talking about the gospel. Listen to this, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves. Not one time did Paul ever try to build himself up. Amen. At one time, he was known as Saul, a terror to the Christians. A terror to the Christians. He couldn't wait to get a hold of the Christians and kill them all. But God changed him. Isn't that something? I don't know where your Damascus Road experience was. But you may have been on your way to go somewhere and do something. And God interrupted your life. God interrupted your life. And you were supposed to go another way, but God said, no, I'm taking you this way. (laughs) For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, so powerful, and ourselves, what? Servants. Servants. If we don't maintain a servant's heart in the local church, The art of servanthood is going to be lost. How do they see that? They see you and me serving each other. Going out of our way to help someone else. Going out of going the extra step. Going the extra mile. Servants. Every waking living day of the Lord Jesus Christ that he woke up, he was on his way to help somebody. Or do something good. Amen. (laughs) For God, verse 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined into our hearts. Can you say amen to that? To give the light of the knowledge. Why? To give you the light of what? Of the knowledge. Glory to God. Of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Man! I still can't wrap my hands around statements like that because God is so big. God is so universal. And he sees me down here, this little speck. And I don't know how many people are in the United States, over 300 million now. I think something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, and that's okay. But out of all those people, amen, he knows where I'm at. He knew this church was going to meet here this morning. He knew that the power of the Holy Spirit was going to meet us this morning. Why? Because somebody got ready. Somebody prepared. Somebody spent some time. Somebody took a little bit of extra time and asked God, God, fill our house. Oh, for God who commanded his light to shine out of darkness has shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But, everybody say, but, but we have this treasure. Woo! Glory to God. We have what? This treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Folks, it never was about us. It never will be about you. But thank God he's got a vessel down here that the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in and live in. And when he gets in us, you can't help but let what some of it get out of us. Woo! 
sometimes you just can't help it. Sometimes you do got to shout. Sometimes you do got to dance. Sometimes you do got to jump up and shout. Sometimes you do got to raise your hand. Sometimes you just got to say, whoa! You cannot contain him. He's too big. Oh, I'm, I, I mean, he's working on some of you. Just any time, I'm just liable to see some of you just lift your hands up. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Woo! See there? <laughs> it's okay. You can't help it. He's in us. And you've heard me say this many times. Greater is he than what? Who is in us? Who is in us? Greater is he who is what? In us. In us. He's in us. He's in us. <laughs> Glory to God. But we have this treasure. What a treasure we have in us. Oh, glory. I said, oh, glory. I said, oh, glory. Oh, glory. Glory to God. Are you with me this morning? Now look here at verse 8. I said all that to get to verse 8. Because I know what's going on in the world. And I know some, I know some about what's going on in your life. And it hurts me. It does. And when Lisa said that, it just kind of went bam. When she mentioned Millie's name. How, how old is that lady? Does anybody know? 89. And I know if she could, she'd be here. She's here most Wednesday nights. 89. She was telling me what a joy she had giving out those bags to homeless people. She said, I would give out those bags and then I would just tell them about the goodness of God. She said, I had such a time. I had such a time. Do you think God has time? For an 89-year-old mother like Millie. Most certainly. And if he has time for you, or if he has time for her, don't you think he has time for you and I? But listen, Paul said this in verse 8. He said, but we're troubled on every side. Everywhere I look, everywhere I go, there's trouble. There's trouble. Not anything good, but trouble. Everywhere. At home. On the job. Where we shop. Where we work. Wherever it's at. There's trouble. In our families, there's trouble. He was telling the truth. Folks, I want to tell you as your pastor, there's trouble on every side. But that's not the end of the story here. <laughs> we are troubled on every side, but I'm not distressed. I may be facing trouble tomorrow morning, but I'm going to get out of the bed and I'm not going to be distressed. I'm going to dance if I don't even want to dance. I'm going to smile if I don't even want to smile. I'm going to be nice to you and I, if I don't even want to be nice to you. I'm not going to let trouble come in between me and you. I'm not going to allow distressing situations separate you and I from this earthen vessel that's on the inside of us called the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
Woo! And everybody said, Amen. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. And everybody said, Amen. Oh, come, oh, you, you start that and I won't quit. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> we, are, we are troubled on every side, but we're not depressed. Man, how can that be? How can that happen? Every time I go somewhere, there's trouble. But I'm not depressed. I get around people who are not happy. I'm not depressed. I get around people that all they can do is talk negative. I'm not depressed. Because I know where my earthen treasure is. Come on, let's go on here. Glory to God. We're troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but but not in... We don't understand what's going on. We don't know and understand what what, what all this is about in in our capital. Our elected officials, sometimes we don't know where we're coming from. Sometimes we wonder why I even voted for them. I'm not getting political. I just made a statement. Verse 9 says, persecuted. Amen. Persecuted, but not forsaken. (laughs) He still loves me. It don't matter how hard the persecution comes your way. It'll never come from God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Did you ever ever think you was the only one there? Amen. I mean just cast down. God, where are you? Do you hear me? Do, do you know I'm here? Yes, he does. Because he's looking at that earthen vessel that's on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Verse 10 says, always, listen to this, always. Everybody say always. Always bearing about in the body. You and I are always, should always be aware of what Jesus has done. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus bite me what? Made manifest in whose body? Your body. Your body needs to be manifested to the world. Your body, because of that earthen vessel that's on the inside of you, the world ought to know who you are. You don't have to be brash about it. Just be godly. You don't have to be loud about it. Just just be a loving person. Let that earthen vessel Come up out of you. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Verse 11 says, For we which live are always delivered unto death because of what Jesus has done. And that's true. That the life also Jesus might be made manifest in our what? Our mortal flesh. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to see Jesus in you. So then, death worketh in us but life in you. Oh, I'm not under that death of curse of death anymore. But I've been delivered unto life. Verse 13 said, having the same spirit of faith. Everybody say the same. same. Don't try to differentiate with God. What, the, the, the same spirit of faith. There's one kind of faith and that's God's. That's God's faith. One kind of love, and that's God's love. 
But listen to this. We'll close with this verse. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can you build your faith up until you read what the word of God says? Your faith cannot take you past what you don't know. We, you and I, this local church, we have the same spirit of faith according as it was what? Written right here. It was written. It was written right here. We have the same spirit of faith according to it is written. Amen. I believed. I believed because it was written. It was written. I would never have been able to believe unless I had read what had been written. Amen. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. It was written so you could believe it. And when we believed it, we began to speak it. His word. I said his word. Folks, let me read this last one. I hate to leave and not read this one. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also by Jesus and shall present us with him. Isn't that good to know? He'll also raise us up. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Isn't he so good? Let's stand this morning. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. And look around this congregation. These people love you. I said, these people love you. Maybe I'll get to this message next Sunday. I don't know. That was just one of those things God said, you do this. Amen. So praise God. Amen. Well, folks, we love you. We're believing uh, that you're going to have a great week this week. We're believing that God's going to put people in your way that you can talk to, that you can share the gospel with, that you can let them know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. If you're here this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, is the one that would raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. That's me, Pastor. I need prayer. If that's you, would you raise up your hand? You've never met Jesus and you'd like to? That's wonderful. It's wonderful. What a band of believers we have here today. But you know what? There may be one week here today. And you know what the Bible teaches about that? Those of us who are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak. I mean, there may be some days when I'm down and I'm weak and, and, I, and I need help. And I may say, I may call Joe and say, Joe, I'm down today, man. I need you to pray for me. Didn't mean I was lost. I'm just fa- I'm facing things. Doesn't mean you're a bad person when, you're, when you have difficulties. But I, th- I think sometimes we fail to reach out. Amen. So let's reach out this week. If you have any needs, you've got a family here that loves you. Uh, pray for Barbara and I this week. We're going to be gone. We're, we're going to be on the road. Uh, we're going to go down and spend some time with our grandkids and uh, go into our 13th year uh, Bible College reunion. So uh, pray for us this week. Sister Lisa is going to be teaching on Wednesday night. So pray for her already that she'll uh, 
do a great job, which I know she will. But pray for Barbara and I as we drive down there, then drive back down. We were going to do it and come back Wednesday afternoon and be at church on Wednesday night. And then uh, that would have been four hours this way. And then Wednesday, we were going to leave Thursday morning and drive four more hours back down there because it's Monday through Friday. But but uh, we, we're just going to uh, not do that. <laughs> it's just a lot of driving. So I don't, anybody, when you've got older, you don't love driving as much as you used to. <laughs> good. That's good. That's good. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so please, please pray for us. Going to see a lot of the, the uh, men and women that we were in Bible college with. Many of them are missionaries that are coming in from Vietnam, Thailand, uh, 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 where? Uh, uh, Iraq. Uh, we graduated with, and they're coming in. One, one friend, let me say this and I'll close. One of our friends lives in Herbal, Iraq, uh, not too far from Turkey. I think it was about 300 miles from where the big earthquake was. He's, he raised his six kids over there on the mission field. He don't care. You know why? He got a word. God said, go to Iraq, and he went. So if God gives you a word, he'll, he'll also give you provision, and he'll also protect you. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for the awesome opportunity to spend with all these awesome people this morning. So we just praise you, and we thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. And all the lovers said, Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.